John chapter 10. John chapter 10, and I'll read from verse 10. I'm encouraging everyone this morning that it's time to press into the overflow. So I've tried, titled this exhortation, Pressing into the Overflow. Press into the overflow. Somebody say, I'm pressing into the overflow. John chapter 10 and verse number 10. Uh, the scripture says, John 10 and verse 10. Can you put that up for me? John 10 and verse 10. It said, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that, uh, uh, that you may have it more abundantly. In the overflow measure. The will of God for you and I is to enjoy life in the overflow measure. The overflow measure. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I wanted to personalize it this morning. I wanted to say after I said, Jesus came that I may have life and that I may have it in overflowing measure. Can we say that one more time? Say, Jesus came, Jesus came that I may have life and that I may have it in overflowing measure. So Jesus said, I came, the devil came and we're aware of that and said, he said, I'm not going to behave as if the devil is not around. I'm not going to behave like everything is always going to be okay because until we get to heaven, we live in a unipolar world, I mean, a, a, a bipolar world where every world must have an opposite. So when you talk about positive, you must say negative. Yeah. So this world will always be a mixture. Not just of the good and the bad. Sometimes they're ugly. <laughs> yeah. But the Bible talks about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven where in the book of Revelation it said where there will be no more crying, no more sorrow. There's no more day and night. There's no more this and that. It's a unipolar world. Yeah. There's, there's no more joy and sadness. It's only joy. Yeah. It talks about the pleasure of, of, of his presence. It said you will show me the path of life for in your presence is what? Fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. It's a unipolar, you know, existence in the presence of God. And Jesus came and he said, you know what? I came from a unipolar world where you only have positive, there's no negative. And I want to share, not just share, I want to unleash that on you. That's, that's my assignment. So that you understand the will of God for you. So from time to time, we slip into the negative because, I mean, it's always abounding. Satan came, tricked the, 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 the first man and first uh, uh, woman, and then there was an open door to negativity, an open door to the works of darkness. You know, in the same vein of a bipolar world, you see uh, darkness and light. Yeah. And even a child knows that, that if you see darkness, there's nothing good about it. A child that you have not trained at all, if you throw them into darkness, they cry. <laughs> darkness is horrible. It's, it's horrifying. Yeah. But everyone responds to light. <laughs> everyone enjoys light. I said there's some, something wrong somewhere. Yeah. Everybody's happy when there's abundance of light. And Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. 
I'm the light of the world. I'm, I'm the joy of the world. When he, when he was born, it was an announcement of joy and goodwill to all men and goodness to all men. He said, I've come that you may have life and have it in abundance. In abundance. In abundance. And as we go into 2019, we must have that at the back of our mind. That Christ came to unleash abundant life upon me. Overflow of life upon me. Jesus presented to us a more than enough God. Yeah, a more than enough God. A God that is more than enough. A God that, that is not ready to just manage or ration things. God, that is more than enough. I'm saying this and I'm repeating it because there's some of us who, who, who need, you know, a, a change of mindset in our approach to how, I mean, in, in the way we approach God. God spoke to us transitioning into this year and he said, we should not limit him. And I've been saying that, you know, all this while. That God wants us not to limit him this year. If you will not limit him this year, you must catch a revelation of the God that is more than enough. Yeah. You must catch a revelation of John 10.10. 10. I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. Yeah. And the big question in your heart should be, how can I be sure that I'm not going to shortchange myself or limit God and I'm going to walk in the abundance of life in the fullness of life as I walk through this year starting from this first month even to the end and for the rest of my life Jesus was very emphatic about it God wants to reach heal you know set free bless fully he's not interested in you just getting by we have to emphasize that you can get used to getting by, getting by emotionally, getting by maritally, yeah, getting by in your, in your academic pursuit or your career, just getting by. You can so get used to that that you just feel, you know what, maybe God is just teaching me a lesson or maybe, you know, I mean sometimes God allows us to be, to be, to be, to be tried, but there's no trying phase that is forever. It's not a way of life. The wilderness experience for, for the Jews was not supposed to be their life. God had a plan. He was taking them into a land that flows with milk and honey. A land that Moses described to them in, you know, in a, a very glowing manner that anyone that has a common sense should say, look, let's go there. You know, like young people say today, let's go there. Yeah. Let's go there. That's what they're supposed to say. But because they're so used to the suffering in Egypt, they, 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 they were second-guessing Moses and God's, you know, intention. That's why, you know, God, the Bible says, for instance, God led them about. Yeah. The, 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 God knows the, you know, the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Yeah. It's a straight line. And, but God said, I will lead them about because they're not ready. They still had, you know, baggage and things to deal with. The moment... We romance the things we are dealing with, the things we are used to, to the point that we cannot see God's intentions for our lives. The journey becomes longer. Becomes longer. When God says, I, I, my package for you, maritally, is that you have life and have it in abundance. Your response to that should be, how 
like Mary, the mother of Jesus, how shall these things be? How shall this thing be? And then God starts to tell you, you know what? There's a phase I want to take you through. There are things I want to do in your life. There's a, a, a phase of rapid maturity that I want to take you to. True. There are things I want you to focus on more this year. Focus on my word. Focus on, you know, working in love. Focus on dealing with hatred and animosity. Reject bitterness. Position yourself not to be bitter easily. Position yourself not to be the kind of person who will be offended easily. Try to grow fast. We've gone on for 21 days now. Some of us have all the excuse in the world not to even fast once. You are not positioning for that abundance, abundant life that God has in mind for you if you choose to live that way. So it's time to wage war against limiting mindsets, limiting, you know, emotions, and focus on God's divine intervention and God's will for you and I. Pressing into abundant life. What does abundant life look like? What does it look like? Romans 14 and verse 17. Uh, in the earlier part of Romans 14, the writer of the book of Romans was talking about, you know, uh, um, the kingdom and, you know, the focus of God for his kingdom and all that. And was talking about, you know, food and drink and, you know, don't eat what will, will make your brother stumble and all that. And in verse 17, he came to a point where he said, you know what, in actual fact, the kingdom of God is not even in eating and drinking. It's not about all that. No, it can affect other people's conscience, you know, but it, that's not it. But it's in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So when Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it in abundance, what, is, what he was saying is that I've come that you may have righteousness. You may have a right standing with God. You may have that in abundance. I've come that you may have peace in abundance. I've come that you may have joy in abundance. So anything that is militating against your peace, against your work with God, your, your, your stand in righteousness, is that that's what I've come to work against. Anything that wants to stand against your joy, deplete your joy, limit your joy, that's what I've come to stand against. And you know sickness will limit your joy. Yeah. You know lack will limit your joy. You know negative emotions will limit your joy. You know, consistent anxiety and worry will limit your joy. You can't be worrying and be joyful at the same time. So Jesus said, I came to, to, to deal with the things that will give you worry. If only you will just submit yourself to me. And allow me to walk through your life. Yeah, that's why I came. That's why I came. For everyone in this service this morning, you must come to the full understanding of the reason why Jesus came. In 2019, you need to make up your mind. I really want to walk with Jesus in a way that I will enjoy the fullness of why he came. I want to have joy unspeakable, full of glory. I need a peace of God in my life. And I'm willing to work with Jesus to enforce peace in my life, to enforce shalom in my life. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Situations will come. You know, circumstances will come. Relationships will come. Transactions will come. Many things will happen that will want to rob me of my peace, of my joy. But I want to work in cooperation with God to make sure that my peace is sustained, my joy is in abundance, and I have a right standing with God, which is righteousness. So the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The character of the kingdom of God must show you know, 
uh, the life of God in us. Like I said, one of the first ways that that happened, the first priority of the kingdom of God is righteousness. That's the first priority of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Jesus wasn't missing words about that at all in any way. The first priority of the kingdom of God is that we may be restored back to God and that we may have a right standing with him, that we may develop friendship with God. And Bible says friendship with God, or friendship with the world is enmity with God. It means invariably that friendship with God will be, will be enmity with the world. And when it talks about enmity there, it's not enmity of cruelty or whatever. It's barrier. Yeah, yeah. And just saying, look, there's, there's a boundary when it comes to the things of the world. In uh, uh, Romans uh, chapter, chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, when you read from, from verse 4, Romans 6 and verse 4, it says, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Somebody say, I want to walk in the newness of life. Say it again. Say, I want to walk in newness of life. Time will not permit me this morning, but when we talk about the, 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 the subject of righteousness, walking in newness of life, being buried with, with Christ, like the great apostle Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. The life I now live, I live, you know, in the Son of God who loved me and died for me. I live in that light. I live in that understanding. That's why he said, sin shall no longer have dominion over you because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. That's Romans uh, uh, 6 and verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. When we talk about being under grace, what it means is that I'm not in bondage to anything. So I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not in bondage to anything. The Bible says the one to whom you yield yourself to, to that one you become a servant or a slave of that one. Many people today struggle with their work of righteousness because of lack of understanding. Our approach to doing away with sin should not be that of struggle or dealing with temptation. No. No. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Many people fear cockroaches, right? Many people are even just a mention now. Some people are giggling already. And they're like, hey, are they around? No. <laughs> no cockroaches around. Yeah. Now, as simple as that sounds, it's a big deal for some people. Are you following me? Yeah. It's as if, you know, my daughter once asked me, can he bite? <laughs> I was like, uh, how can you be asking me if you can bite? You don't even need to know if you can bite or not. Just kill it. Yeah. <laughs> Just deal with it. Yeah. Just take a broom and, and sweep it away. You know, or something, or spray it. Yeah. Now, to the one that you yield yourself to be slave to or servant to or to be afraid of, you become a servant to it. Whatever it may be, a habit, some you know negative behavior or whatever it's just like that you you're free from it but you can decide to be under it as long as i mean as much as i can just kill a cockroach at the same time i can run away from it and it will keep chasing me all over the house so some people will jump on the bed hey and you wonder what's going on it's a cockroach yeah 
So for somebody here right now, it looks like you can't go off the, the, that hard drug, whether it's cocaine or heroin or whatever it is. You know, crack, whatever. It looks like it, the thing is chasing you and you're, you know, and that you're always submitted to it. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life, freedom. Freedom. You can choose to walk away. Yeah. Because you are under grace. Yeah. You can choose to walk away. You can just choose to walk away. And just say, this shall no longer have dominion over me. I'm not a slave to it. Yeah. I'm not a slave to it. That's what it means to be under grace. I'm not a slave to anything. I'm not a slave to anything. That's why we can speak to sickness. Yeah. We can speak to diseases. And keep speaking the life of God. Until every virus is destroyed. Somebody still with me this morning. I said, are you still here this morning? Yeah, yeah. See, as I'm speaking here this morning, God is delivering people. Yeah. But for some people here, you just need your faith to come alive. You have believed a lie for too long. Yeah. And I'm speaking the truth from the word of Jesus to you this morning, and you need to believe it. You can walk away. Yeah. You can walk away from sexual addiction. You are not that uncontrollable person that, you know, people now call a dog. You are not that person. You are not under bondage to anything. When you come into Christ, you receive freedom. Yeah. And you must believe that in Christ, there is freedom. And I'm under grace. I'm not in bondage to anything. I then choose what I want to be in bondage to. <laughs> That's what Paul was saying. He said, to the one that you choose to be, you know, in verse 12 of Romans chapter 6, he said, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. As we partake of the communion this morning, we are reinstating the fact that we are free. His body was broken. His flesh, I mean, his blood was shed. It was the payment for my freedom. That was why death could not hold him in the grave. <laughs> yeah. And Bible says, we are now like him, free. The price has been paid. It's whoever we subject ourselves to right now. So sometimes we subject ourselves to stuff like substances and, you know, behaviors, you know, bad habits and all that, then when we come into an anointing like this, we come into the full realization of what Christ has done for us, and then we receive the grace to walk free again. This morning, you don't, you don't need hands to be laid on you or anything like that. The hand of God is upon you where you are right now. Yeah. For somebody watching online, the hand of God is upon you where you are right now. And there's freedom coming your way now. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say, believe in amen. amen. So the priority of the kingdom of God is righteousness. Embracing the nature of God, which is righteousness, which is freedom. And, and then also is peace and joy. Enforcing shalom and receiving continuous flow of the oil of joy. Anything that will stand against your joy this year is rebuked in the name of Jesus. I, I cannot hear your amen. Peace and joy. 
That's, uh, these are priorities of the kingdom of God. So when we say uh, Jesus came to give life and give it in abundance, this is what he came to give. He came to give freedom. In other, in, uh, and, you know, in other uh, parlance, we call it salvation. Romans uh, 10, I mean, Romans 10 on verse 10, he said, with heart we believe, with mouth confession is made unto salvation. The, the, the Greek word translated salvation there is the word soteria. And soteria is, is loaded. It, it means deliverance, preservation, safety, salvation, deliverance from molestation of the enemy. That's what it means. It's messianic salvation. That's what it means. Glory be to Jesus. So we need to understand this and position to live in the light of it. Position to live in the light of it. Whatever I standing against, my peace must be eliminated. Yeah. The devil has come to steal, to kill. My joy, my peace, I'm not going to allow him. Yeah. Every attack on our minds, on our emotions, you know, things that the devil just sponsors to just want to attack your mind, steal your joy, you know, just, you must be able to stand against it and say, no, no. Jesus came that I may have life, that I may have it in abundance. That's why he came. Lastly, this morning, how do you respond to divine intervention such like this? How? Because that's an attitude that we must deal with. Then I'm going to lead us in prayer. We're going to partake of the communion. That's an attitude we must deal with. In 2 Kings chapter 13, 2 Kings 13, I read this scripture at the New Year's Eve service. Now keep, you know, uh, um, repeating this as we go into the year. 2 Kings 13, uh, when you read from uh, verse 14. 2 Kings 13 and verse 14, can you put that up for me? Uh, the story of Elisha and uh, Joash, the king of Israel. Elisha, the Bible says, had become sick with the illness of which he would die. So he was on his way out. Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen. Uh, verse 15, it says, And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took him, uh, he took him, uh, himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elisha put his hand on it, on the hand of the king of Israel. And the Bible says, And he said, Open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the lost deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Sometimes it's something that needs to be destroyed emotionally. Some other times it's something that has been from the past that is holding us back. In this case, Syria was like a perennial enemy of Israel. They would come, attack, destroy. Elisha was about to go and God gave him a word. It's time to destroy Syria completely, as in eliminate. But the king came. He said, shoot, he shot. He said, this is the arrow of deliverance. Somebody this morning, God is placing an arrow of deliverance in your hand. He said, this is the arrow of deliverance. This is the arrow of deliverance. This is the arrow of deliverance. Look at verse 18. Then he said, take the arrow. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck 
three times and stopped. This is where the problem is. The Bible says then uh, 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 the man of God was very angry with him because they said this is the arrow of deliverance. And he just did and stopped. The man of God was very angry and he said you should have struck five or six times and then you would have struck Syria till you have destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times and that means you won't destroy it completely. Somebody this morning, as we start to pray, as we start to seek the face of God just in a few minutes, and as we partake of the communion, will you look at certain areas of your life where you will need total freedom? I mean total freedom. You won't behave like this king who did not have tenacity of faith, who could not recognize prophetic action, who could not recognize auspicious moment in the spirit. Elisha was about to go. And in God's agenda, Elisha was to lead Israel to end the tyranny of Syria. To end the harassment of Syria. Maybe something is harassing you right now. This morning, as we start to pray, I see God putting the arrows of deliverance in our hands. You will strike. <laughs> Striking here today means speaking against it. The Bible says, uh, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not man-made. They're not material things. They're mighty through God to the, for the pulling down of strongholds. And it's with the word that we speak. We speak. We speak. I want you to rise on your faith. We speak. We speak this morning. We speak. Rise on your faith. Glory be to Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Lord, we wait on you this morning. Everyone lift your two hands to Jesus all over this place. And I want you to begin to tell him, Lord, I recognize this moment as an auspicious moment in your presence. Lord, I want to be able to trust you this morning. To be able to put specific things to an end in my life. Specific things to an end in my life. I want to be able to trust you this morning to put specific things to an end in my life. Yeah. That's why we're here this morning. For everyone joining us for the first time, it's the last day of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're leveraging the mercy of God and the grace of God. That He promised that when we wait on Him, He renews our strength. We pass on to a new level in our walk with Him. God takes us in levels. We want to move to the next level in our walk with God. So some things must be done away with. Now I want you to open your mouth and begin to speak like you have the arrow of deliverance in your hand. And you don't want to behave like Josh. Who, who behaved like an onlooker. Who behaved like somebody. Who didn't understand what God was doing. Though he cried, my father, my father. The chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. But when it was time for him to strike. He behaved like a little liver person. Don't let apathy deny you of access to God's power this morning. Don't let apathy deny you of access to God's power this morning. This is time to communicate your hunger, your thirst for a supernatural dimension in your life. Somebody needs to cry out to God this morning 
I want you to, to, to change the natural order of things in my life. I'm tired of natural order. I'm tired of natural routines. There are certain areas that I don't want to remain the same. Somebody needs to cry out for the oil of joy to come into your marriage. This negative emotion must come to an end concerning this marriage. 